Now more than ever, people are focused on getting and staying healthy. Much more than primary care, PartnerMD provides affordable, individualized concierge care to help you make the most of your health without all the hassles of traditional health care. With highly trained physicians, medically advanced testing, and virtually no waiting, PartnerMD is better health care for an even better you. Visit PartnerMD.com to learn more. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to one day early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Good morning. How are you? This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from the Key Largo. Yes, a beautiful Key Largo, nice and dry and mid-70s, probably be close to 80 today. Not a perfect day considering what we, uh, my family went through, but everyone goes through this stuff. We had a much-beloved I don't even want to call her a pet because she's part of the family. Roxy, our eight-pound Chihuahua Terrier mix, uh, we we uh, had to put down on on Sunday, and uh, it, it happens everywhere. I know, and people, it's hard to it's hard to feel that loss, sense of loss when you talk about an animal when other people when you put it in in, in context with people losing their uh, loved ones other people but you know love is love you, know, you love your animals the depth of love for an animal uh, of, uh, who you make a part of your family could be just as as deep and and wide-ranging is a love of a human. It's a living thing. So um, our, our our pet, Roxy, was a rescue. I wanted to talk about her because uh, I know it's a comedy show. I'm trying to be the thing. But, you know, she did add a lot to our lives and a lot of happiness, a lot of comedy sometimes. So originally, Abby's now deceased ex-husband who, who died approximately... Gosh, it had to be eight years ago, this uh, next month, uh, had gotten Roxy when Sky was two, so that would have been 13 and a half years ago when she was a puppy. So she was around 14 years old, Roxy. Tiny little, and I posted a picture on the cover, she was just a, a little dog, a little hyper sometimes barked a lot but she was very loving very friendly to everyone not very nippy or anything she'd bark she'd bark at um mainly female dogs she liked the boy dogs which obviously being a female and 
Roxy, I, 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 it's hard to talk about her, but she was everywhere with us. We shouldn't, uh, we hadn't taken her to Poland with us, so it was always trepidation for us when we had to go away for a while. How, who was going to take care of her? How would she be taken care of? One time we did the um, boarding, uh, you know, pet boarding, and that we did that once, and that's wasn't really keen. And then another time we had her stay with uh, friends, the last couple times. But this past year, about when we came back from Poland, there was a precipitous decline in her health. And it was age and multiple things. And it's just, I won't go into details. She just lost a step. And in recent weeks, it was even more dramatic. She started experiencing, it seemed like Alzheimer's, more seizures, problem breathing, multiple problems. And we were taking her to her in animal hospital. And we were going to, originally, we were going to have her a biopsy done on her. But there was just multiple things going on. And it was such a steep decline that we, she was four, she was either 14 or 15, we weren't sure. And the doctor said, you know, this is probably, you know, this, she's at the limit, uh, near her age limit with considering these health issues she's developing. And she had other things going. She was just, uh, before the seizures started hallucinating and things like that. So this past Sunday, I'm at work. Well, it's a it's a double. It's not about me. My wife's home with Sky. We're looking at her before I go into work. We're drinking coffee, looking at the dog and Roxy. And Roxy seems confused and and she's just not herself and just not sleeping at all. She's not napping. She didn't nap the night before. She wasn't. She didn't go napping. All she was just popping up, barking, and we had. It was just, and she started getting going into seizures, and we couldn't have her any place. She'd hop on the bed and she'd hop off. We worried about her breaking her legs because she's a little skinny little thing. And multiple issues, and and she seemed like she was in pain. And I'm at work getting these calls, and I'm thinking, and it's a Sunday, and we're in a smaller community next to a large community in Miami, so there was a capability up. On the mainland, we could get we get up the mainland. We could go to a ho- animal hospital or something like that, and do the th- the hard decision because we were making the hard decision. We're just leaning and say, "Listen, we're not going to let her. She's having a hard time walking. She was acting like she was paralyzed in the back sometimes, and she couldn't stand. Could and had a problem going to the bathroom and and." all these things going on at one time and every day just getting worse, we just made the decision. We just made the decision. But the only problem was that it was a Sunday and we'd have to go through the night with her. And we didn't, it wasn't an issue for us. It was just thinking about what she would have to go through. So I'm making phone calls. Abby's trying to contact I have a lot more contacts than her and then all of a sudden on Sunday it just keeps on getting worse and worse the reports coming from home and you can only imagine when you're you know when you're away and you get you're getting reports from your family about something going on right and this happened to be in particular about her a pet 
So we end up getting contact with a friend of ours, a Dr. Jeff Bailey here in Key Largo, who said he would meet us. And it was around 7.15. And he, and he said we could meet him at his office, which less than was a little less than a half a mile away from our house. So uh, I talked to my coworkers and stuff like that. It was Sunday. It was it was moderately busy, but they my coworkers understood. I left and they covered for me. I went home. Uh, when I got home, you could tell Abby was crying all day. So was Guy, and 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 Roxy. They said she wasn't doing well. And I got home and there was Roxy coming out of the up to the door and her tail was wagging. Uh, she was excited to see me. And she had the steps, you know, the steps that she could do just like she was when I first met her when she was just one year old. Uh, or two years old, you know. She was, she was her old self and then she descended into the seizure again. But I... Uh, we picked her up, brought her in uh, the car. I and at I'm 58 years old. I had never had to do this at this point in my life. I never had a dog when I was in my middle ages or anything like that, where I had to make that decision. Other pets, they accidentally they died from accidents and things like that. And when when I was younger, it was taken care of by my parents, and I didn't know about it. So. This time, you know, we bundled the whole family together. Sky, who's 15, I, I said, you don't have to go if you don't want to. She w- wouldn't hear of anything else. She's crying and we're all going. We go. It was, it was surreal. And I know you've all been through it. Or some of you have been through it. I haven't really seen the person die in front of me at 58. I've been there for my uh, great uncle I visited people. I've never been in a place where it's had it happened. I've seen people after they had passed. I've been on accident scenes when they had passed, but I've never been there. So we show up. I won't go into details. It was very traumatic. It was very surreal to see something you love so much going. She was in the process of seizures, and and he said, "I'll give her something to sedate her to stop the seizure." So he did that. And he and and Doctor Bell was very very thoughtful about handling it, really white, uh, smooth. And then we gave her the shot. She laid down and uh, sedated. And then the final. And uh, we were uh, we were a mess after that. It was seven thirty when it happened. It happened in all 15, 15 minutes. And we drove the family back. They're crying, and we're trying to talk about it. Sky doesn't want to talk about it. I mean, I don't want to talk about it. And she goes, "You're going to have to go back to work." And I said, "Yeah, I'm going to have to go back to work." So I go back. We we drop off. Uh, I drop off Sky and Abby. I have to go back and work for two more hours. Not that my obviously they would have my coworkers and, and my boss they would have been fine with me not going back, but I. What's the point? What's the point at that point? We're going to be commiserating for years about how much we loved this animal. So 
All this time I was making the phone calls while I was at work and getting these reports, I realized the dance we do in the service industry. You know, you're not supposed to be on your phone. You're not supposed to be on your phone when you're at work, right? But there are certain situations where you have to be on the phone. In smaller places, sometimes there's no one else. Meaning, at the time, there's no one else. You don't have the depth in, uh, in employees. At bigger places, you can you know, slide someone over. You're, you're going to be shorthanded, but sometimes you don't have it. You know, you can, we can't take a, the, the chef out of the kitchen or the bartender from behind the bar because there's only two people on the floor, right? So, I'm fielding phone calls, trying to get a hold of some, talking to someone. It's luckily, my coworkers, I had Lala, who are one of my coworkers, and and uh, a friend of mine, the former general manager of the restaurant I worked in, came in with her husband, and she started making phone calls for me about 40 minutes before, and we they all helped, and, and a former uh, co-worker of mine from Gilbert's, from Costa, she was in Costa Rica, and she made a phone call for me. People were reaching out to help, and, and they did, and but it was really hard to smile and act. You know, people, how's everything? And say, it's you know, it's going, it's going like that. That's all you can say. And some people, I tell, tell, I just, it's hard to smile. It's really hard to smile when you're ready to do that. So when I came back, you know, people, are, people have no idea what you're. They have no idea what you're going through. You know, we, are the, we wear these faces, but they have no idea. They can say, well, he gets, that bartender gets kind of moody sometimes. <laughs> you know, probably, he's moody, probably something, he's mad at something someone said or something like that. But, uh, which they have a right to think that, right? Because I haven't, I am not perfect. So I came back into work after I put my dog asleep and I told him, I go like this, I said, this is what, and, and, and then I started talking about the incident, and it was fresh. And when it was fresh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I mean, I couldn't do it without crying. I couldn't do it without crying. Thinking of my dog, when I came in today, when I went to the gym, I came in today, uh, I'm doing a podcast now, I'm looking at the drapes from our family room. And we keep draped off. It's kind of like a little privacy. This guy uses it. She has a little makeup table in there. But it's an extra bedroom, pretty much, that we have off to the side here. And I have a desk, and she does her hair, and we got a bed if someone comes to visit. But it's an extra that extra room. But that was Roxy's room, too. And it was near sliding glass doors. And Roxy would stay in there, and every time we'd come home, she'd uh, come up to the door with a tail wagon. It's still expect. So the pain is easier to take. I'm not crying now. But it's funny how we do invest these feelings, these deep, deep ties we have. And it, it, it's imperceptible. Like you don't see it and you don't really value it. You see someone walking around with their... Their pet. I knew someone had an iguana, and they had attachments to iguana. The people have birds, and they have fish, and all this stuff. And they just invest these feelings in them. And we, 
imagine, I believe my dog loved us, slept with me every night. She would start off, some nights she'd start off with my daughter's room. And then in the middle of the night, she'd get up and come to our room. Recently, she was staying with us all night. And she would curl up next to me. And the last couple of weeks, she would get up in the middle of the night at three, three in the morning. Besides me having, because I'm getting old, I got to pee in the middle of the night. I got to get up and take the dog out because I don't know if she has to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. But you do it because you love them. And I would have done it for however long as possible if she could have, didn't have seizures or anything thought was pain. Just popping up in the middle of the night wasn't, was not the bar for that. So I, uh, I just felt it was my duty to talk about how much we loved her and how much we found how important she was a member of family. And I, I don't, I didn't like this. Uh, it's funny because I don't like to say that we owned her because she pretty much owned us because we never bought her. We were her family. We were her family. And uh, there's nothing you can do it's we ha- with these things we invest these feelings on that have such an ephemeral thing in life, like people. People pass away all the time. I just found out one of my, one of my uh, acquaintances at the gym. I saw him today and I was wrapped up in my own little, you know, lazy bullshit worrying about my pet that passed away and his wife passed away six weeks ago and I never had a chance to come up and talk to him I never thought that to ask where his wife was Uh, since the pandemic we didn't see everyone and everyone's routine was different and people wearing masks and you're not sure you know who's there and what they changed and I saw the man come in and I never said he was always friendly Matter of fact, one time 10 years ago, he's still here. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm endeavoring to talk to him. I'm going to wait around. I, I, I'm gonna, I go to the gym often, so I'm sure I'm going to run into him again and, and make sure he knows. And I remember his wife, they were so sweet. And I had one time I was leaving the gym, and my car had, I don't know if I left the lights on or whatever it was or the battery was dying, but I needed a jump and he gave me a jump and got me out of there and he was such a helpful, thoughtful man. And another man who uh, I used to see before the pandemic and you know my father's not doing so well. And there was, uh, I know I'm related to the story, but I seen him and he re- reminds me, father, look looked like my father. And... Uh, since the pandemic, and he was healthy, working out. My my father used to work out all the time, and this guy ends up. Uh, I hear he died. Uh, he died six months ago. So it's not all doom and gloom. I'm trying to. Uh, yes, a comedy show. It is. We have to. There is sadness in comedy sometimes. There is sadness, and there's also happiness, because the one thing that brings back, I. Um, when I came home the, after work to be with my family, um, we, we started pulling, we pulled everything that reminded us of Roxy. We took her pillows and her food and all that stuff and we took it out. I pulled, I pulled, uh, 
you know, hit the leashes and all that stuff. Uh, we have her pictures. We're not going to delete her pictures or anything like that. But we have her, we have her collar and her tag. And I, that's that's important. I'm not big on knickknacks and things like that, because that's not that wasn't that person. When you see things, if someone had a possession, they had a favorite sweater, and you wear, if you're wearing a, your grandma's favorite sweater and stuff like that, that's great. That's great. It's just not one of those things that that. that item is not them is not them and I don't need that item to make me remember them and I have to be cognizant that other people lost things too and how important it is because we get rather parochial about things that occur to us things that occur to us people lose their whole families uh, just crazy stuff Crazy stuff, and and it, and it's sad, but it's also reminds us that we we're human. So let's move on. I know it's hard to move on because you got to move on. Uh, we're not we're not making plans to get another pet right away because we're not ready to lose that anymore. Because we're just gonna, you know, we think maybe a sign of disrespect or you know. And, I, I don't want to have to do that again. And we do go away for weeks at a time, or they do go away for weeks at a time. It used to kill me to have to leave her here. You know, it's hard for me to shut up about it, isn't it? I say, Jim, shut the fuck up. So we're back to doing what we have to do, and we are coming up on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And I know I'm going to be thankful for it, but I also was... I was concerned with Thanksgiving, even though I don't, I do not like turkey. I do not like making turkey. Not a big fan of turkey. No, no, not turkey's blah meat to me. So it's like, I'm a steak guy. I can do some chicken. You know, it's protein to me. You make some turkey soup. You know what? I can go for a hot turkey sandwich, a regular turkey sandwich. But you got to put so much. How many turkey? Like if you can roast beef sandwich and just I put meat on bread and that'd be good. I can also use all the other stuff too, but uh, turkey just didn't do it. So I was looking for turkey at the supermarket and all they had was those fucking giant turkeys that were 24, 25 pounds. And I don't want to be eating turkey for two weeks. And I found my turkey and sitting in the freezer right now. So we also start again. Uh, we hear about, oh, there's going to be a stuffing shortage. Oh, there's going to get, get the stuff, get the stuff. Well, we're in the keys. We're thinking, I'm thinking that we're going to have enough down here. I still have to get cranberry sauce, don't I? So it's next week. Thanksgiving's next week. That's we're going to start thinking about getting ready for that. But such an interesting concept that we're not going to be able to do Thanksgiving because we have a turkey. You think turkey is the essential part of Thanksgiving? Think of it. Thanksgiving. Giving thanks. For what you have. And we have a lot to be thankful for. Especially here. And I'm sure if you as listeners, um, if you have the free time to do that, you have a lot to be thankful for. And I'm, we're going to focus on that. Maybe a little sad that not everyone we had in the previous years around my 
sister-in-law hates this time of year. She just has this feeling that the end of the year is when um, some of the worst things that occur. She's not a big fan of this time of year, and she, for right, for in recent history, for rightful reasons, for her. Luckily, she does not listen to the podcast, and I don't want to bring her any hardship and things like that. But Thanksgiving is also a good, the uplifting part of it, isn't it? Being grateful for everything that we have. It's so easy to get wrapped up in stuff, and in, in, especially like in restaurant business, people talk about their tips and stuff. Oh, I make like $500 a night, $600 a night. I did so well. I met this thing. had such a good time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's immediate gratification the things we had the things we have but if you look back upon your life the way it is and what it could have been if you were born someplace else or some other time uh, I think it was John uh, one of the political philosophers Rousseau who said man in nature or man in the wild, his life is brutal and short. Like prehistoric man, pre-prehistoric, Cro-Magnon, Neanderthal. They were lucky to make it to 30. And if you think about it, hundreds of years ago, most of your time was avoiding being warm food. Yeah, not being killed, not dying from disease, not being killed by a, na- a raiding party. Making sure you can make it through winter. I mean, how terrifying. How terrifying is September and October if you're in a gathering culture in the Northern Hemisphere and you had a shitty harvest? Because you're thinking, oh my God, I hope we don't have too bad of a a winter. And before you're able to, my gosh, you go back far enough, they weren't, they, people didn't know to salt things down and preserve things, canning, and it was only the last couple hundred years that people thought they could do those things. Drying out, salting, salting meats and fish, and things like that, people would end up getting real skinny in those awful uh, months. You know, a hunter, you know, a lot of these hunter-gatherer societies used to follow the uh, game herd, like the buffalo, right? To get your to get your protein, your meat, and then you're you're foraging in winter. And if you're a good hunter, you'd probably be able to, you know, with the Native American population, they, yeah, they could track when there's snow and they figured out how to survive. And they could thrive through a hard winter. It's amazing. They didn't depend on crop as much and things like that. And they, they had things to be thankful for. And life got easier. And when life got easier... And you started, well, not just here, I, just, I skipped from hunting, gathering, all these life getting easier. But, you know, as it progressed with uh, farmers and canning and being able to 
have food in the winter and a supply chain that was supplied by originally ships, wagons, trains, all sorts of trucks now. In our type, in, in the first world, in the developed world, we're leaving lives that no one's ever even dreamed of, you know, 300 years ago. Central heating, central air, indoor plumbing. There wasn't a concept for electricity when they, they've seen electricity from static electricity before. They didn't know what it was. They saw lightning. They didn't know what it was. They didn't know that was something to be harnessed and used and that we're going to be able to get our information, our entertainment, to travel using it. They didn't know. And they'd be able to... We, we chased away the darkness with the light. What was it? Three weeks ago, I watched... I was at the catch restaurant in Key Largo while I'm working. It was daytime and they were playing a golf uh, match in Dubai, I think it was. And it was at night. It was at night. And they had the giant floodlights going and things like that in the middle of the desert, which was a huge waste of water, I imagine. They have a golf course. And it's this lush green surrounded by desert, which has to be interesting when they have like one of those called haboobs, sandstorms. When they come in, the sandstorms probably always wants to deposit sand on top of the greens, but I don't know how they kept that off. But they, it's dark. You can see outside the lighting is completely dark, and these people are playing golf. And the reason they did that is because it's 120 degrees in the daytime. And you can't have people out there, you know, world-class golfers out there. And at night, they're wearing long sleeve t-shirts to stay warm. That's how we harness the environment nowadays. In downtown Tokyo, in skyscrapers, there's people at this moment hitting golf balls in enclosed areas at a driving range, maybe 40 floors up, and everything's netted in. And they may have like four or five story, whatever the, the, the whole situation. But that we, we've done this to kind of show how we conquered the environment. It's not quite conquered yet because we have flooding and things like that. But they're making artificial islands and things like that that they never even thought about. People wouldn't even consider that a possibility that it happened. I'm sure when someone had a pump, a hand pump for water and said, you know what? We got, they used to have the well and you get the, with the well, you drop a bucket in and you have it all. Um, then they rig having a, a, you know, a roller above it with a rope and you drop the pail and you crank it down, you bring it up, you get your water. 
And then people figure out, well, can you close this? And the pump will create suction and bring water out. And then people say, why do we have to do the pump outside the house? We have the ha- why don't we do the pump inside the house? And for a brief moment, people, brief moment, because once they figured out something like that, someone was going to figure out another way to bring indoor plumbing. You know, wealthy people thought that, you know, they say, well, listen, we don't want to have to go outside to use the outhouse, so we'll go inside and you'll have to take it out. You know, the servants. And people said, well, we can do one better. We can build a privy that we will wash it away. And then another modern convenience. Being able to travel the same day a thousand miles away and then come back in the evening and have dinner with your family. That was not a concept until last, what was that, 50 years? You could do it, you could do it uh, 60 years ago. 60 years ago, it was 1950, but it was still kind of a little tight, you know. 1950, they were still using prop driven planes and stuff like that, and it would take like four or five hours to fly a thousand miles and then you'd have to come back and that was you know usually when you go a thousand nowadays a thousand miles you go up you go up there it's a two-hour trip you could I, you could leave at six in the morning on your flight get there at 8 30 make your meeting at 9 30 12 one o'clock two o'clock get on the flight and be back home and if we don't do anything stupid before then, it's probably going to get a little easier than that. So this Thanksgiving, we can talk about, we can think about those things. We can think about the pandemic and how hopefully that's gone. I'm still seeing little flare-ups here. You see people getting sick and having not to come to work and things like that. That may be for a little while, but not the the whole thing. And then we have a Christmas season where you know we have Thanksgiving where people can go to other houses and then we have the Christmas. Now whether the news reports we talk about, you may not be able to get a hold of your brand new cell phone, your new television, or your 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 new car. Well, I mean we just went through a pandemic. Should we be worrying about those things? Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should think about, like, because we have this supply chain issue, maybe we should think about not throwing everything away. You know, maybe we can send it back and get it reconfigured, Right? If you have an item and it's out of date, why throw the whole thing out? Why not save the important parts of it and just say, hey, listen, we'll just upgrade it. Just like you would a house. Most times you don't, you know, people buy a house, and don't tear the whole thing down and rebuild a new one. I mean, we should be able to like think in the Mr. Potato Head. Is a Mr. Potato Head the best metaphor for it? There's probably another one. But computers. 
computers, original hobbyist computers. That's probably the best metaphor. We could take motherboards, put them in, increase the memory, get a new keyboard, get a new, you know, get a new monitor. That would be like a great product. Say, listen, we're going to sell you a computer. The laptop. We figured this is the smallest. You probably want to get it. So what we'll do is we're going to change. We'll be able to take the slide the guts out, the battery out when it gets old. Replace the screen. Why throw out the whole thing at the end? Why does it have to be thrown? Being able to thrown out. Right. People don't get thrown out when things start going bad. You don't get a new model and they do die sometimes. And they decompose. They should, somewhat. So why don't we do that? Why don't we do that with cars and things like that? Just take them back. People say, Not, we don't need every car to be an antique. They don't have to last forever. But you could take it. If the body's still good, take the body, replace you know, replace the motor, replace the brakes, do this, take the brakes. And in uh, Cuba, they still have 50s eras taxis, cars running around because of how well they are at replacing things. It's uh, home industries where they build their own uh, brake pads and replacement um, parts for these vehicles. You know, I wish we could have replaced. I could. I wish we could have replaced the the parts that weren't too well on Roxy, but there were just too many of them failing. You can't. It's hard to do that with people. You know, once the brain goes bad, it's like you're not going to really replace that, right? But eventually, you might be able to. Maybe they can replace the brain. Who knows? You can't say that definitively. No one, no one really a hundred years ago, maybe some physicist would have ever thought that the microwave was a concept. Like saying we're going to beam energy to heat your food. It's going to take about five minutes to cook that turkey dinner. What is that? A fucking? You hear that bird in the background? That's new life. And I got my neighbor talking next door. Boy, you are what? That's the Blue Jay giving me hell. Who was ready to get food. It's not going to shut up. Okay, Blue Jay, I'm going to come out. Well, I think instead of closing the windows, I'm just going to call an end of this episode. I'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, please download as many episodes as you can manage. The more downloads we have, the better ranking we have the better opportunities to get sponsors. And I do appreciate that. I really do. And thank you for listening. Please share with your friends. Let's get as many listeners as possible. Have a great day. And I will be back again, I think, tomorrow morning. I will. And thank thank you for being there for me. And I'm sorry if I spent the first half of the show unburdening my memories. But... I do appreciate it. You're, um, thanks for being there for me. Bye.